0: It's time for The Sean Burke Show. Sean's been seen on the Today Show and quoted in the Wall Street Journal, LA Times and many more. Listen now as Sean interviews guests and shares his views on politics, current events, coming economic disruptions and much more. And here's your host,
1: Sean Burke. Hey there, welcome back. This is Sean Burke on The Sean Burke Show and today we're going to talk about censorship. Um, this has come up, you've probably heard of it, but I have a very special circumstance that I want to talk to you about. And it's very actually real because it, it's happened to, uh, videos that I have worked on and executive produced and, um, you, okay. So to start with, you're familiar with my work with the FLCCC, the frontline COVID-19 critical care Alliance. You can find them at flccc.net. Uh, For some time, um, four months, four and a half, maybe five months, I was the executive director interim, stepped in to help through my foundation, the Changemaker Foundation, and am still helping and making sure that everything is running smoothly there. But what I want to talk about today is this: uh, we have had four videos taken down within the last couple of weeks. Uh, because it's a violation of YouTube's medical misinformation policy. So, we're going to talk about censorship. I'm going to show you some videos. We're going to walk through it. I want you to understand uh, what is being taken down. So, an important issue. You tell me after the end of this. Um, I am not left. I am not right um I am just trying to show you what is. this is happening now. this is something that, uh, is important for us because and we're only going to talk about Google today Google is taking down this information. it's also happening on Facebook. it's actually also happening on LinkedIn and Twitter not as much on those platforms definitely on Facebook a lot and and on YouTube so, Uh, I mentioned this to somebody and I think there was a post I did on my Facebook page and they commented, well, you know, if they would like to do that, you can always go to another platform. But here's the problem with that. Uh, Google is the world's largest search engine. They own YouTube, which is the second largest search engine. So Google is dominant and where our eyeballs go, and what websites we see. So, if they're going to play the dominant, what, what is this, uh, bulletin board for the world to look at, then they have to be a good citizen. And it's a disturbing to me that they have decided that actual science should not be put on their platform, and they're going to take it down. So let's take a look at this. I'm going to do some sharing with you. If you're listening on the radio, this is broadcast on WSMN 1590 and, WLM and uh, WLMN um, 95.3, I think. Uh, it's been a while since I've been on here, and I got to remember all those call letters. So If you're listening on the radio, then go to my YouTube page and you can see the videos, but you can still hear the audio. You'll hear the audio. So let's do a little sharing right here. And um, you tell me what you think about this. First thing we're going to do is start with Google's um, censorship policy. As you can see here, let's go to the top. COVID-19 medical misinformation policy And this is for, if you look up here, it's for Google. Okay, so now um, YouTube doesn't allow content about COVID-19 that poses serious risk of egregious harm, okay? Doesn't allow that. Uh, YouTube doesn't allow allow content that spreads medical misinformation that contradicts local health authorities or the World Health Organization's medical misinformation policy. How about that? It doesn't allow that. You can't do that. So if you're, via, if you're uh, contradicting the World Health Organization, you're out. So, so let's just assume that the World Health Organization is always going to be right. Come on. All right. So now we're going to go down into some uh, very specific information here. And we're talking specifically about ivermectin. I think if you followed me, you understand where I'm at with ivermectin. It says here that you treatment misinformation. If you're posting this, don't post content on YouTube if it includes any of the following. This is what YouTube is telling you. You do not post this because you're going to get your video likely taken down. Content that recommends use of ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine for the treatment of COVID-19. I'm just gonna stick with ivermectin. You cannot put up content that recommends ivermectin for the use of COVID-19, can't do that. And you can't have anything that says claims of ivermectin are effective treatments for COVID-19, can't do that. And then let's go down here. You, uh, this is under prevention. You can't have content that recommends use of ivermectin for the prevention of COVID-19. Can't do that either. Now, it doesn't say, note, unless there are clinical trials that show this. Doesn't say that. It just says you can't do it because there are clinical trials that show that this is true. So let's go back up here. It says, if you does not allow content that spreads medical information, that contradicts local health, local health authorities or the World Health Organization, medical information about COVID-19. If your local health authorities or the WHO hasn't said X, you, you can't talk about it. And that is misinformation because our sole source of information is obviously the local health authorities and the WHO. Now, just so we know, when the WHO uh, said there was insufficient information to recommend ivermectin for treatment, uh, they just happened to also state that the trial, now note that they actually did look at trials that showed that it worked. And they also only looked at about half or less of the trials that shows it worked. Let's just put an S onto that. There are trials. There are over 50 trials that show that ivermectin works. Okay. But it doesn't say, it doesn't say, you know, you gotta, you gotta hand it to these guys. You can't have content that recommends uh, the use of ivermectin for the treatment of COVID-19. It has nothing to do with trials or science. It's only if the local authorities say that's so or not. Okay. Now let's note the National Institutes of Health have said. First, when, when I got involved with the, with the FLCCC, they said, no, can't use ivermectin for COVID, uh, only in um, trials. We presented a tremendous amount of information based on trials, not our trials, trials being done around the world, all over the place, all these trials. We presented that information to the NIH, and they changed their designation to can't recommend or can't not recommend. And they specifically say in the NIH, it's up to the decision of the doctor, the local doctor. Okay, so, but now let's go down to what we're gonna try and do here, because as you know, we are talking about ivermectin. We're gonna be talking about and playing videos that got taken down. So if anyone, and I want this up on YouTube. So if anyone at YouTube is listening, This is a show that, just so you know, it's pretty cool. They give you all sorts of examples. You can't say that COVID-19 doesn't exist. You can't say that. They're going to take that down. You can't say um, that hydroxychloroquine saves people from COVID-19. can't say that. Um, What else can't you say? Um, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff. And some of these are crazy. Uh, But you can't say them. It's nice of them to give you examples. Now, Here's what hopefully we can say and hopefully why this video will stay up. It says we may, now note that that word is may, it doesn't say they will. We may allow content that violates this if the content includes content that gives equal or greater weight to other views from local health authorities or medical or scientific consensus. Well, that's interesting. I'm just reading this again for the, it says, or medical or scientific consensus. I mean, how many trials do you need to have consensus? That's the question we need to have answered. How many trials, 50, 60, 80, 100? How many trials do you need? No one has defined that. How much is enough to say something works? If you have a trial over in Egypt that says this is what happens, and you have a trial over in Argentina they're not talking to each other and it says the same data. And then you have a trial in Iran that says the same data. And then you have a trial in Florida that says the same data. And they're not talking to each other on ivermectin's use and what it does to the coronavirus. At what point do you go, look, you can't make this stuff up? Okay. So, What we need to do, I guess, is we need to have countervailing views. We need to have gives equal. Okay, here's the other view. I'm going to just tell you right now. The other view is ivermectin doesn't work. Uh, There's not enough trials out there for it. And you should only do the vaccine and um, remdesivir, uh, that $3,000 per dose uh, uh, drug. uh, Just so you know, the WHO says that shouldn't be used, but In the U.S., all of our health authorities say it should be used and is the standard of care in the U.S., but it doesn't really work based on trials, but I don't know if we can talk about that because, see, now here's a conflict. If we were talking about remdesivir, the WHO says not to use it, the FDA and the NIH say to use it. So what would I do? I'd get confused. Now, isn't it interesting that Google is basing most of this as local health authorities or the WHO? Is the NIH then our local health authority? I think it's interesting that they name out the WHO. Okay. All right. So this is what we're going to try and do. We are an educational program and we are going to try and do this. It says what it says. Hopefully we give enough countervailing and I'm going to talk about the policy I will be honest with you, Google, I don't agree with the policy, but I am trying to educate my viewers to the fact that this policy exists and they need to be very careful about saying anything about ivermectin out there. All right, I'm going to talk about a few other things, so just buckle up. Okay, so there's the guidelines uh, of where that fits. Now, understand that Google uh, and YouTube uh, is owned by a company that got kind of formed over everything called Alphabet, right? You're probably aware of that. We got Alphabet. So um, Alphabet owns Google. Alphabet owns YouTube. All right. Let's just remember that as we go forward because, uh, because remember, there's over 50 trials that show that ivermectin works. There are countries that have used ivermectin and are squashing the pandemic. And that's happening in certain states in India right now, like that. Okay, so it, there's, there's really no question it works. And I've talked in my previous shows, I know people personally that I've helped get ivermectin who had COVID and weren't doing well, and it helps them. Okay, so there's no question, and it's one of the safest drugs in the world ever. Okay, and it's cheap. All right, all right. So we got all those pieces, right? All right. So now let's take a look. Oh man, you know, do you think this is going to stay up on Google? I don't know, because we got to look a little bit at Google. So in YouTube, so let's take a look, but first I think we should take a look at what is exactly the definition of censorship. Let's look at that censorship. The suppression, this is from Oxford uh, dictionary through this platform, uh, the suppression or prohibition of any parts of books films news etc that are considered obscene i don't know if ivermectin is obscene politically unacceptable oh that is very definitely possible or a threat to security mm, someone's security So censorship, the suppression or prohibition of any parts of books, films, news, et cetera, that are considered obscene, politically unacceptable, or a threat to security. All right, now we have censorship. It's important to know what that is. Now let's move on to our next uh, step here is, do you remember that when Google formed, they had this motto? Hey, Google, remember your motto? Let's look at your motto here for a second. This is a Wikipedia page. And here we have, it says what? Don't be evil. This was a phrase used in Google's corporate code of conduct. That's what they originally had was don't do evil. Now, they went ahead and restructured. And under this huge conglomerate now called Alphabet Inc., Alphabet said, This is their motto, do the right thing. Wow, okay, Alphabet, owner of Google, owner of YouTube. We need you to do the right thing. And I think I want you to remember back of don't do evil. Because in the end, by not letting ivermectin out and loose and letting people learn about it, uh, people are dying. The number of people that have died, because the world has not been educated on ivermectin is countless, actually. Um, you know, listening to myself, I got to be honest with you. Just listening to myself, if I was listening to me and I didn't know me, I'd like, this guy's probably a wacko. He's talking about this anti-parasitic drug. All these people are are, are getting hurt and dying. Sounds pretty uh, inflammatory. The kind of stuff I don't like listening to. I'm just telling you from my experience, working with the FLCCC on the front line, the tip of the spear, take the tip, the spear, and then there's a tip, and then that's where I've been with them. Um, This stuff works. It's safe. And there's trials galore showing it does. So something else is going on, and that's what we're going to talk about, and that's what we're talking about today. All right. So do the right thing. Google. Now, next step. Let's uh, let's take a look at why might Google Alphabet YouTube whoever not want this information out there? What could be going on? All right, let's just take a quick gander, uh, if you will, at the structure of Alphabet. Um, I don't know if you've ever really taken a look at this. Uh, oh, we want to stop share. I don't know what we just saw there, how that worked, but uh, let's let's do a share of a new screen here. Um. All right, here we go. Now, Alphabet, check it out. This is Alphabet. This is Google and all their stuff, Google Maps, Google Cloud, and blah, blah, blah. And where's YouTube? There's YouTube. Okay, but just remember, everybody's snug under Alphabet. Now, Now, let's take a look at this arm of the deal. Alphabet also owns Google Ventures. They own Calico and they own Verily. Now, who, you might be asking, are these folks? All right. Well, let's just point out here uh, very quickly. um, Verily, let's start with Verily. Okay, we got Verily here. Um, and I want to give you a little information. Um, this was brought to us by a volunteer, by the way. She is an amazing researcher. It says, Verily has entered into innumerable partnerships with major pharmaceutical companies, including GlaxoSmithKline, Glaxo, Novartis, Sanofi, Pfizer, Merck, and Gilead. Data mined by Google products, like search queries of individual users, Plays a significant role in many of these partnerships. Verily works with Gilead Sciences, the manufacturer of the near of, of the um, <laughs> Remdesivir. Didn't we just talk about Remdesivir? That's who uh, Verily works with is Gilead Sciences. And by the way, in the third quarter of 2020, last year, they made eight uh, Gilead Sciences. Sold $873 million worth of remdesivir. Let's just round it up. They sold a billion dollars worth of remdesivir in one quarter last year. How about that? And that and it's probably up much more now. Okay, so this is verily. Let's take a look at Calico. Calico, there's a coming and going of employees between Alphabets Calico and major pharmaceutical corporations. All right, we got that. And then let's look at uh, Google Ventures, um, <laughs> Vaxatech. Google Venture basically buys—it's a venture uh, capital company that buys into a lot of different companies. They have money in Vaxatech, and uh, Vaxatech is the company um, behind the Astra AstraZeneca Oxford vaccine. Um, And rarely you ever hear of that. Um, It says uh, here that Vaxitech's CEO told the Wall Street Journal that Vaxitech and its investors would receive a, quote, big chunk of the royalties from a successful vaccine as well as milestone payments. Hmm. All right. So we take a look at potentially what might be going on with Google and Alphabet or Alphabet here. All right. So we have that. Now, let's just look at one more uh, interesting little connection between all this, just in case we wonder what's going on. Um, I'd like you to meet uh, Mary Ellen Cole. Let's see. Mary Ellen Cole. Hi, Mary Ellen. Mary Ellen is uh, now the president of Global Consumer Solutions for Google, and she was the vice president for five years and happens to be, just if you just noticed here, here's Merck. She's on the board of directors of Merck. We have a major um, executive from Google on the board of directors of Merck. How about that for fun? All right, so we got that. Let's tie that in there. Now what we need to do is go over and take a look at Merck for a second because now we have this strong, not only does uh, Alphabet itself have uh, its own connection to the pharmaceutical industry strong, now we have one of their executives who's over customer service involved with Merck. Now Merck is a special case because Merck came out uh, I'm going to share this with you as well. Merck came out in let's look at the date here. What's the date? February the 4th, 2021. February 4th, 2021. Came out and had a press release. This is a company statement. You take a look at this up here. Company statement from Merck. Pub, You know, this is a press release, folks. Merck comes out and says... Um, we just need you to know that the now we're talking about ivermectin. Um, let's see, company scientists continue to carefully examining the findings of all available and emerging studies of ivermectin. Remember, there's over 50 of them for the treatment of COVID-19 for evidence of efficacy and safety. It is important to note that to date, now this is February, over 50 trials have been out by then. Our analysis has identified, No scientific basis for a potential therapeutic effect against COVID-19 from preclinical. I mean, preclinical. There's over 50 studies. Okay. There's no scientific basis for any therapeutic effect. No meaningful evidence for clinical activity or clinical efficacy in patients with COVID-19. None. There's none. Those 50 trials, mean nothing. And there is a very concerning lack of safety data in the majority of those studies. Now, they're even saying there are studies. All right. Now, here's the thing that you need to understand. Merck developed ivermectin back in the 70s and 80s. Merck donated millions of doses of ivermectin, donated to the continent of Africa to help eradicate river blindness and they did. It was very uh, uh, generous. It was a big deal and they helped so many people in Africa with ivermectin. They developed it. They had a patent for it. It went off patent. Anyone can make it now. Is anything, anything happening? You go, anything yet? Um, down here, they are talking about all the warnings and precautions. That, it's called Stromacol. It's the brand name, but it's ivermectin. They're telling you all the adverse reactions. Now, just so you know, there's a safety data database of all drugs that get reported. Ivermectin is safer than aspirin. Uh, it's had over 4 billion, uh, 3.7 to 4 billion doses given out. They have So much data. Hardly anybody's died from this and and probably didn't die from ivermectin, but maybe what the parasite was. Okay. So, this is an extremely safe drug. And we have all this data showing here that, oh my gosh, this is dangerous. Oh my gosh, look at how terrible this is. And they're just going over all these terrible side effects and drug interactions and okay now why could this be we have the people that made ivermectin know it better than anyone know how safe it is they give it out over a million people a day around the world take it for parasites they gave doses to africa so what exactly is going on here well let's just take a quick gander and then we're going to get to some videos that were taken down All right, so let's uh, take a gander at this next little piece gem. And, uh, of course, you probably guessed what it is. Maybe you already know. But, oh, my gosh, Merck is in the business of trying to end the pandemic. Well, what do you know? It's a big pharma company. It wants to go out there and uh, end the pandemic. Now, here's the interesting thing. Merck went out in November of 2020 and for paid for $425 million in upfront cash to acquire this thing called Oncolomoon. Um, it was a drug. It was literally had gone through like three rounds of trials or something like that. You can read this here. You can go out and find it. And it actually was doing well. Now, listen, they paid $425 million for this in November. This is just last year. And this thing is looking really good. I mean, it's showing risk of death or respiratory failure was reduced by 50%. I mean, come on, that's sounding pretty good. They plucked down a bunch of dough. And so then they went to the FDA and the FDA wanted more information. FDA said, no, that's not enough, folks. We need more. That's very interesting. I don't really feel sorry for Merck. Um, So what Merck decided to do is they're going to scrap the development of this. They then, there's all these different names. It's called MK7710, this drug that they bought. They're going to stop that. You think that was painful to the bottom line? That wasn't very fun. Um, but look at here. Merck said it will focus on adva- advancing this little bugger. Prever. Say that a hundred times. They're going to focus on that. And what is that? Well, that happens to be an antiviral. Interesting. Here's Merck who understands ivermectin is developing a drug called that that's an antiviral. But unfortunately they found out that that sucker did not work. Let's see, they, they had to stop. Uh, they had to, the data suggests that malnuprover is unlikely to demonstrate a clinical benefit in that patient population. And the patient population we're talking about, hospitalized patients. They stopped the trial. Okay, now we got Merck losing one drug that they paid a ton of money on. They're running forward with this drug and it's not working on hospitalized patients. So they're gonna pull that and they're just gonna work on what? At-home patients? I think that's what they're working on. Um, and just for, the, for everybody's sake, they didn't have a vaccine either. Merck is like being left there. You know, musical chairs went around and they don't have a chair and everybody else those guys with remdesivir, they're making a billion dollars and a quarter. So Merck is a bit desperate. Um, Okay. So it says here, their statement, Merck is now focusing its efforts on advancing that and also helping Johnson & Johnson with the vaccine. Okay. So uh, there you go. Now, any kind of concept that you have, Merck put out a statement saying how Dangerous ivermectin was. They don't make any money on it anymore. Dangerous, this drug is. No, all this trial evidence, they don't know. And and we're the leaders because we know ivermectin. That's what they're saying. Okay. So that's the deal, right? We know it. You shouldn't be taking it. And oh my gosh, I'm going to tell you, as the executive director of the FLCCC at that time, when that thing came out in February, that statement, it was a crusher you had papers around the world pick that up. Ivermectin is terrible. Merck says so. I mean, imagine a reporter. Come on, reporters, if anybody ever listened out there. Imagine a reporter quoting Merck on the safety of that drug when they have another competing drug that they're trying to get through all the trials and come out. I mean... It has got to be journalism 101. Now, even more on top of that, we have a contact at a congressional office in DC. That contact has told us what Merck did there is illegal. You cannot come out before you have a drug coming out, you can't come out and diss a competitor like that. I guess there's some statute. D- this has been done in the past. Uh uh-uh. uh. If you want to come out and diss a drug, that's fine, but you can't do that and within a certain time frame be developing your own drug to be the competitor of that. They don't like that. That's illegal. And I'm hoping that at some point, the FDA hammers Merck for that because that was unacceptable. All right, now, any connections? So we have the uh, executive at Google over on the board of Merck. Merck comes out and says, this, this drug, ivermectin, safest, one of the safest drugs ever, the, the, the guys who discovered it won the Nobel Prize. You don't do that for drugs that aren't safe. The WHO has it on their list of most essential medicines of earth. In fact, the National Institutes of Health, right next to in there, what is ivermectin? You can go to the National Institutes of Health. They place it next to aspirin and, and next to um, penicillin as the most important drugs on earth. Okay, so, so we have uh, Merck tied to Google, uh, Google, Alphabet tied to these other drug companies that actually Alphabet owns. All right, no conflicts of any interest here. So, Let's take a look at the first video. Oh, first, I got to tell you this. This is just crazy. You won't believe this. We're sitting around in the FLCCC. I'm an executive producer. I brought in a video team from Hollywood, amazing guys, to create some of these videos showing just true successes from people, doctors and patients. The true story. No BS, no like uh, inflammatory nothing. Just here's what happened. Brought these guys in. as executive producing all these different videos we were doing. Amazing team, amazing people. These talented dudes and dudettes. And so, um, and so that we released the videos. And this is new. The FLCCC is new. This, this whole thing. The FLCC formed in the middle of COVID, so we didn't have very many subscribers. We we're putting up a video. We had like thirty subscribers, fifty. And then we put up a video, and we get a thousand views, and you know. Five. And then pretty soon we are up to like, oh, we got like five thousand views on these videos. And then, and we're making more. We're cranking them out. We're like doing interviews with these people that have had success with ivermectin, cranking them out, put them out. We want to show the world. Are you kidding me? Ivermectin's out there. Okay, so we're going along, getting you know, not a tremendous amount, and all of a sudden, the algorithm of YouTube kicks in. This is amazing. Let me show you, all right, I'm gonna show you what we have here, folks. So first thing that happens um, is this. We have videos starting to spike. Spike. Now, you might wonder, oh, this could be like, 10 views. No, that's like, I think, 10,000 views. These things, look at this. Look at this one right here. Spike. All of a sudden, we're watching our videos and two things happen. Number one, obviously, the algorithm got a hold of it and it took off. Number two, YouTube started monetizing the videos. We didn't ask for it. We didn't get any money for it. But they started monetizing it by running those ads at the beginning. You know how you get those little ads and it says, you know, after five seconds, you can click skip or whatever. Those started rolling on our videos without anything of us doing. In fact, I remember talking to one of our video guys like, who turned that on? Let's turn that off. We don't want that. We didn't have anything to do with it. Google, YouTube has their own thing. They can just start monetizing your stuff if you want. Now, I get it. They need to pay for the infrastructure. And I'm okay. I get that. So we're like, all right, well, nothing we can do about it. They're making money. We're not making anything. And so their algorithm starts going, who wants to watch this video? And they took some of the videos we had and just went nuts with them. All right. So uh, let's move forward to the next little bit here. This one video right here. I'm going to show you this video here in just a second. This video. This is what all of a sudden I go to the YouTube page and it says, wait a second, what the heck? It says this video has gotten 100,000 views since it was published. It was down here at about 15,000. Now we're talking a month after we published it. Take a look at that. How do I get rid of this? Get out of the way look at that it's just going along and all of a sudden it just went straight up now you see this 120,000, 80,000 views it went up to a half a million views this one of a nurse who saved herself with ivermectin we're gonna sh- i'm gonna show you that here in just a second all right now uh take a look at this next little bit um this is what happened now this time frame we got all these videos coming along, all these different videos. We had probably 15 of them going along here. All of a sudden, obviously, the, the algorithm went nuts. It just took, and, and by the way, this does not show the videos like the nurse one. It'd be way up here because they've already, they've already taken it down, so they won't even let us see that the, this is just the other videos that are still up and what happened to them. And I don't know if someone came along and said, wait a second, you can't monetize that stuff about ivermectin. And they turned off the algorithm and down it came. Okay. So what we have here, ladies and gentlemen, is we have a video that YouTube monetized, made money off of, about ivermectin. The video went straight up and eventually topped off around a half a million. And then they came and said, oh, by the way, you violated, you have violated uh, the, the rules. You cannot have that video up. And this is what they took down. Let me, the first video here, go ahead and take a look. We had to add that because people didn't believe us.
2: I've been a nurse a a long time. Uh, Back when I got started, I had been there through the AIDS epidemic and a variety of other things, SARS and all the other illnesses. When I had first arrived out here on the scene and was chief nursing officer in in the role that I had last year, um, COVID hit. And it really just took me by surprise and I wanted to find out as much as I could about it. And while I was working in one of the hospitals, I had asked about using ivermectin, and they said, no, but we're gonna use another medication. I started to really feel exhausted, and I started to get a little nauseous. I had chills, but no fever, and I said, oh, this can't can't be because I'm healthy, and I run two miles a day. And I asked, and I said, listen, can you just give me some ivermectin? I think that'll really help, and, and you know, I'll be great. And they said, no, we don't give ivermectin. And I said, I've been a nurse 35 years. And I can't even get treatment when I'm in the business. And I know how some of these mechanisms work. It literally felt like I had a detachment from here to here. I just couldn't feel my breathing. We went back to the ER, same thing. I put myself on my own cardiac rehab program, and I took myself to the gym every day, loaded up with my pulse ops and my heart rate monitor, my husband by my side with my oxygen tank, and I would do my workouts an hour a day until I could get myself back to health. Uh, Nine weeks in, I had the postural hypotension. I had horrible sweats, and sweats that just come over your whole body. And I also had digestive issues. I could hardly eat because everything was just churning. And I had um, brain fog, I mean, I couldn't even remember my boys' names. And then I finally found um, a way to get this ivermectin and I got a prescription. I had just a three-day dose. Literally, I could feel the difference. The brain fog, I started to remember things easily. Um, My heart rate leveled out and I didn't have those swings. My digestion settled down and I didn't have some of the irritation that I had. A mission. I'm on a mission to save lives. And I'm on a mission to make sure that people know that this is the most phenomenal treatment because it just works. I'm a nurse first. And my job to, to help people is, is what I do. And I do it because this disease, this illness doesn't have to be this way. And I'm just so passionate about letting people know this is the right thing to do. I've had people get upset with me and say, That's a dewormer. What are you talking about? And now I have the power of the FLCCC and all the documentation and all the studies. And I just, I just give it to them. And I say, you don't think I know what I'm talking about? Take a look at this. It's a grassroots effort, and it might be one person at a time, but I am not going to stop until everybody I know that I touch knows about ivermectin.
1: All right. You don't get to watch that video anymore will likely put it up on Vimeo or someplace else, but YouTube won't let you watch that video anymore. They, remember the little line that went up like that? That is a compelling video. That is a story of a nurse who couldn't even get the drug she needed at a time when she needed it after she helped how many people for how many years. They wouldn't give it to her. This is a compelling video. The algorithm knew it. The algorithm figured out how to get people to watch it. They monetized it and it went to a half a million views, topped off, and they said, oh, by the way, that is not something you can show on YouTube. And for anybody listening from YouTube, I'm trying to tell my listeners, don't do that. That's bad, guys. Don't show personal stories from people that have been saved by anything other than aspirin, Or Tylenol, because that's all you're supposed to get at the beginning of Ivermect at the beginning of COVID. You go to the emergency room, they send you home and just give you Tylenol. So don't do that. Don't, don't show anything about a person actually coming back to health after horrible symptoms and situations. She couldn't remember the names of her boys. Did you hear that? Brain fog? You shouldn't do that. Okay, so that's for the, the sensors at Google. Okay, let's go to the next video. By the way, you're not gonna be able to see this video either. Um, I'm sorry, uh, YouTube has decided that this is unacceptable. Um, all right, let's move up to that. Now, this is a doctor. That was a, pa- that was a nurse who was a patient, but here is a doctor. Doctor, folks. And note the dates, this is way back in April.
3: My first experience with ivermectin was uh, treating pretty large scabies outbreak uh, about a year and a half ago in one of the nursing homes that I attend to. It went smoothly, we had no side effects. Because I, I do a lot of nursing home work, I was, pretty nervous trying to figure out how am I going to treat my patients when and if we get COVID. During this time, I was doing a lot of reading. Um, there was a lot of stuff about hydroxychloroquine paired with zithromycin, And then I got wind of, it was an in vitro study um, out of Monash University in, uh, in Australia. And a uh, tissue culture was infected with the uh, COVID virus. And um, after treating it with ivermectin, the virus was essentially gone within about 48 hours. April 2020, was very early in the One pandemic. One nursing home, I used the same ivermectin dose that we had used treating scabies. And in addition to that, we had um, vitamin C, vitamin D and zinc. In this particular nursing home was really people kind of at the end of life. But then the, um, the next facility was a, an assisted living, but as soon as we got word that uh, a patient had COVID, I started the, the uh, vitamin C, the vitamin D, and zinc on uh, the entire patient population. Um, then uh, within a couple of days we were able to get some testing done we ended up with a total of about 34 positive patients. None of these patients died. I used the same dose of ivermectin. No one there, like in the first facility, developed severe acute, uh, acute hypoxic respiratory failure. The fact that we, we didn't lose anybody uh, out of the 34 positives I thought was, uh, was uh, fantastic. The third facility, they were almost at capacity and they uh, really got slammed. And I think they're, uh, in a short period of time, ended up with about 110 positive cases. One other physician started using the ivermectin and then for various reasons he decided, well, maybe this really isn't standard of care. When the dust settled, I had lost two patients and he had lost 17. Almost all the focus, you know, at least here in the United States, has been treating the really sick people, the people who go into the hospital. How do we keep people from getting to that point in the first place? I thought that ivermectin was a, a reasonable choice. It just really didn't seem to be um, a lot being done um, that would allow these COVID patients to get picked up early, treated with something. I did write a letter to uh, some of the doctors at the NIH, and just describe my experience with the different facilities and the outcomes. I was basically pleading with them to to get something initiated. Ivermectin has been used uh, in a number of studies uh, in the hospitalized patients, and it found that uh, the patients get better quicker, they get out of the hospital sooner. The stories are all out there. I would encourage physicians to look at the studies on ivermectin. I think it's a, it's a drug that physicians and internists uh, know nothing about, and they don't understand how safe it is. And I would also encourage physicians to start educating themselves on what's going on with uh, ivermectin around the world. You know, this is something that threatens every human being on the face of the earth. I'm just a firm believer in ivermectin. And the thing is that my experience isn't just in one facility with just a certain group of nurses. It was seven different facilities, seven different environments, seven different groups of staff, and pretty much the the same results all the way around.
1: Okay, the same results all the way around, more than one facility, more than- Doing nothing. Okay, we're gonna, we we need to, to listen to this. Can't you can't watch that last video? Oh, and this one you cannot watch either. And I want you all to know to quit doing this. To show these doctors who are out there helping people and saving them, don't show that because they're using a drug that is not dangerous. It's cheap, it's plentiful, and it works. So don't do that. Now I'm I'm gonna show the show's getting a little long. We're running a little long. But I do want you to see these videos because they have now been pulled down. These are, I'm going to let this one and then we're going to have one more, two more doctors and then a little piece about the Senate that was taken down. And uh, I just think it's important for us to see that this information, these were getting, one was a half million views. Others were getting tens of thousands up into the hundreds of thousands of views and you can't watch them anymore.
4: Doing nothing is doing harm. And doctors always say, do no harm. Well, doing nothing is doing harm. I looked at it and I thought this is incredible. Within a week of me seeing that data, I got this flood of patients that had had been exposed to COVID or had contracted COVID. They would go to the urgent care or to the emergency room and I would see a text on my phone that said they were, you know, admitted to the ER and within 10 minutes they were discharged and I'd see the text that they were discharged. And I would call them immediately and say, you know, what happened? Why were you at the hospital? And they'd say, oh, I have COVID. And I said, well, what did they do for you? They said nothing. They didn't give me anything. They said, go home. I was telling my staff, um, you know, connect me to anyone that has COVID. It's an emergency, don't wait. The patient should immediately be placed on ivermectin to stop the viral replication. I just start them and then I say, go get tested. And then when the test comes back later, they're already better because I've already started them on the medication and then their entire families get infected and I've started them. And that's, I mean, I can tell you family after family after family that um, I've seen this in. Not even one of my patients has had um, a side effect from this drug not one of them. There should be no hesitancy at all for a patient to say, look, I have a right to take that drug. I kind of feel like this is intellectual starvation and that these doctors and hospital administrators and boardrooms, they need to get with it. And they need to see that that the data is there. And there doesn't need to be more data. It just needs to be more treatment. And this intellectual starvation has led to hundreds and hundreds of thousands of deaths for no reason. And it's still happening. My father, who was a brain surgeon, and I have so much respect for him before he passed away. He wrote many books of poetry And one of his books was about starvation. And the last line in this poem, it goes like this. You who are healers, open your hands. Lend nurture and aid to shatter this cycle. Bear witness to their cries. Lift their burden. Save their lives.
1: Okay. Little emotion there. She got very emotional. This is very personal. When you're there trying to help someone, it's important. If you've had anyone, you may not actually think, you think uh, the, 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 this is over. Um, COVID-19 is not over. I, I hope it is. I hope that the vaccines do everything they're supposed to do, but there are variants and other things happening so just know that this information is important. Why all of a sudden is YouTube taking down information about ivermectin? How about that? Why? Why? Why does Merck still work hard to make sure that that antiv- antiviral uh, that they're working on comes out? Why about all the other drug companies are working on antivirals that are going to come out? Because COVID's going to be with a very long time. All right. I'm going to show you one more. This was just taken down a few days ago. You can't watch this anymore. And by the way, again, to the censors at YouTube, this is bad stuff, people. You can't be doing this and talking and showing doctors that are saving people. Don't do that. All right, let's just watch this.
0: On April 7th, I was working in my greenhouse and suddenly became very fatigued. So I came into the house and lay down for a while. And that evening I started getting a really horrible headache and I started feeling sick all over.
1: By the way, I thought this was another doctor one. I'm not even gonna show you that next doctor one cause we're running out of time. This is a woman, just listen to this story. We can't show you this anymore. They took it down, but this, this is a crazy story.
0: He said, you don't have COVID because you're, you don't have the cough yet. As I went along, I had a really severe cough, chills, and I started getting short of breath. And he still wouldn't give me a COVID test. He said, I probably had the flu. I called my other doctor and I told her what was going on. I said, something's very wrong with me. I've never been this sick in my life. And I told her all the symptoms and she said, I believe you have COVID. By this time, I'm in bed 24-7. One evening, in the middle of night, I started having severe pains in my chest. I was really frightened because I thought, I'm having a heart attack. So the next morning, I went to the ER. They did an MRI on my abdomen because by that time, I was having stomach pain. And they told me that my stomach and intestinal tract was all inflamed from uh, some kind of bad virus. They sent me home, told me to take aids. i was very weak i had lost 15 pounds my doctor said how about trying ivs with uh, high potency vitamin c and glutathione and zinc so i did that every week for um i think two months nothing happened and by this time i couldn't read i was having trouble speaking because i couldn't find words i just wanted to die i mean it was so bad My doctor said i've read a study about ivermectin and i said that sounds familiar and he said well it's an antiparasitic. would you want to try it and i said doctor i'll try anything he wrote a prescription for two tablets of ivermectin it was like someone clicked a switch on in my body i could literally feel it something changing in me and even my husband said you have a little bit of a spark in your eye and I said honey I said I feel like I actually have a little more energy as the weeks went on then I started having more and more energy I started cleaning my house I started cooking again cleaning up the kitchen I'm doing activities that I did before can't tell you how excited I am that this worked for me you keep searching until you get a doctor that will prescribe this drug to you I'm going to keep promoting ivermectin and telling everyone about it and I pray that more and more doctors will open up to try it on their patients and especially those that have suffered as many months as I did it could very well save their life and I believe it will
1: all right, you can't watch that video, folks. You can't. I've lost you, friends. You, I'm not going to show you this one. I'm sorry. We're, we're running out of time. And here's another doctor, another doctor that was just taken down. So th- let's go back to this wonderful woman. Um, look at this this delightful lady who was suffering so badly, and she got ivermectin within four days, started feeling the difference. You can't hear that you you that's not acceptable because did you hear in which she it, it, go back and look the look on her face when they said you have a terrible virus it's like no kidding uh go take rolades uh, i mean come on you can't make this stuff up if this was in a movie people would be like come on that's never going to happen and they're not going to take these videos down we don't make this stuff up guys we don't this is not an actor This is someone who contacted us saying that they had success. And we reached out and said, would you be willing to do a video about it? And they're like, yes, you heard her say, I'm promoting it. I'm telling everyone I can. You can't make this stuff up. Okay, so um, we're going to skip this guy. I'm sorry you can't see him either. Really good guy. He treats what's called long haulers. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with long haulers. But that's when you get COVID, it goes away, but you still have symptoms uh, that kind of linger. A friend of mine recently, a month or two ago, was telling me that he was getting old. We're getting old. He's getting older and he's kind of losing brain fog and he's just his joints and he can't sleep and all this stuff. And my wife said, You know, I think he might, he had COVID before uh, some many months ago. Uh, He might still have long haulers. You you should tell him to take ivermectin. And and I did. I hooked him up with a doctor that prescribed him ivermectin. Just checked with him yesterday, actually, to see how it was going. Um, All the brain fog's gone. Uh, His sleep is back to normal. All his joints in his hand and whatnot that were inflamed and pain, fine. Um, Digestion, I think, was a problem too, fine. So I'm just telling you, if you've had COVID and you uh, are having some other symptoms that don't make sense, you don't even connect it to COVID. You just go, there's something off. Take ivermectin. It's so safe. By the way, just my disclaimer, I'm not a doctor. So you should talk to a doctor. None of this is medical advice. This is just my show. Um, Find a doctor. If you need help finding one, let me know Um, and get some ivermectin inside you and see if it makes a difference. Okay, so the last thing I want to talk about here on this censorship is, I don't know if any of you watched this, Dr. Pierre Corey testified on December 8th in front of the Senate Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee about ivermectin. He was invited by Ron Johnson. Um, He was invited to talk. And he did. Um, And uh, you've probably seen it. Um, I'm going to tell you what happened. And then we'll show a little clip here. This video uh, is done by C-SPAN. This video, C-SPAN, is a a quasi-governmental organization. I can't, I'm not sure. But C-SPAN is, records everything in Washington for the Senate and whatnot. Um, So this video is a piece of the whole hearing. You can go on C-SPAN December 8th, 2020 and download the whole thing. It's still there. It's free, you can edit it, it's government property, it's yours, do with it as you wish. And I think everyone should do that and put it up on every platform you can because this right here was a shot across the bow. Dr. Corey spoke about ivermectin with such passion that um, Fox News picked it up, put it on one of their YouTube pages. And that's important because a lot of people come to that YouTube page and see the video. And within about a month, it went to 8 million views. This thing went viral and it went crazy around the world and the FLCCC exploded. That's, I was hired asked to be the executive director two days before this happened and it went nuts. So my point is that this video shot up to 8 million views and about a month and a half after it was up there, 8 million views, YouTube decided to take it down. You can't watch this on YouTube. We have this on the Vimeo. I'll put it in the notes below here in the YouTube page. I'll put it out to my uh, subscribers. You can subscribe to my show if you want to at SeanBurke.net. You can write to me at HeySean at SeanBurke.net. Okay, so let's just, just take a look at what this is. This is official US testimony. That you cannot watch on YouTube because it is unacceptable that this information was put out. Holding
5: this
6: just going to theory. show you
1: a short clip. The whole
5: thing I just is just want to start
1: long. out. I didn't think I'd have to say this, but I want to register my
5: offense at the ranking member's opening statement. I was discredited as a politician. I am a physician and a man of science. I have done nothing, nothing but commit
1: myself to scientific truth and the care of patients, and. For the record, I know this gentleman well. He's a friend of mine now. He is the president of the Frontline uh, FLCCC. He is an ICU specialist, ICU doctor. This is not a a, a, a biologist or a researcher. He's a doctor who treats COVID patients. He's a lung specialist. And this is a lung uh, disease. So he is the man. And this is what he has to say. And he went through here. And I'm going to skip to a very important section of this Um, and also understand that there is Q&A on here from other senators, including Rand Paul. I'll let you just see the beginning of that. This is U.S. testimony. This is U.S. Senate testimony, official testimony that you can't watch on YouTube. All right. So he starts going into it right about...
5: We have evidence that ivermectin is effective, not only in prophylaxis, in the prevention. If you take it, you will not get sick. We just came across a trial last night from Argentina by the lead investigator of ivermectin in Argentina, Dr. Hector Carvalho. They prophylaxed 800 healthcare workers, not one got sick. In the 400 that they didn't prophylax with ivermectin, 58% got sick, 237 of those 400 got sick. If you take it, you will not get sick. It has immense and potent antiviral activity. We know that from the first study in Monash, it has made the bench to the bedside. Prophylaxis, we now have four large randomized controlled trials totaling over 1,500 patients, each trial showing that as a prophylaxis agent, it is immensely effective. You will not get sick. You will be protected from getting ill if you take it. In early outpatient treatment, we have three randomized controlled trials and multiple observation as well as case series showing that if you take ivermectin the need for hospitalization and death will decrease. The most profound evidence we have is in the hospitalized patients. We have four randomized controlled trials there, multiple observation trials, all showing the same thing. You will not die, or you will die at much, much, much lower rates. Statistically significant, large magnitude results if you take ivermectin. It is proving to be a wonder drug. It has already won the Nobel Prize in Medicine in 2015 for its impacts on global health in the eradication of parasitic diseases. It is proving to be an immensely powerful antiviral and anti-inflammatory agent. It is critical for its use in this disease. We, again, stand by our manuscript. It is a scientific manuscript. It's been submitted for peer review, but please recognize peer review takes time. It takes months. We do not have months. We have 100,000 patients in the hospital right now dying. I'm a lung specialist. I'm an ICU specialist. I've cared for more dying COVID patients than anyone can imagine. They're dying because they can't breathe. They can't breathe. They're on high flow oxygen delivery devices. They're on non-invasive ventilators and or they're sedated and paralyzed and attached to mechanical ventilators that breathe for them. And I watch them every day. They die. By the time they get me in the ICU, they're already dying. They're almost impossible to recover. Early treatment is key. We need to offload the hospitals. We are tired. I can't keep doing this. If you look at my manuscript and if I have to go back to work next week, any further deaths are going to be needless deaths, and I cannot be traumatized by that. I cannot keep caring for patients when I know that they could have been saved with earlier treatment, and that drug that will treat them and prevent the hospitalization is ivermectin. This is I am here today. I'm calling to action. The NIH, their last recommendation was August 27th. August 27th. I want to be clear. I am not here as a politician or a dramatist or or sensationalizing what I'm recommending. I'm gonna be very clear and very simple. All I ask is for the NIH to review our data that we've compiled of all of the emerging data. We have almost 30 studies. Everyone is reliably and reproducibly positive showing the dramatic impacts of ivermectin. Please, I'm just asking that they review our manuscript. It is a serious manuscript by serious highly experienced physicians and researchers. We, we have, I cannot call on more credibility than we have. We're not just a, a random doctor who's saying that we have a cure. I don't wanna say I have a cure. I'm just asking review our data. We have immense amounts of data to show that ivermectin must be implemented and implemented now. Senator, the last thing I wanna say is, you know who's dying here? It's, it's our African American and Latino and elderly. It's some of the most disadvantaged and impoverished members of our society. They are dying at higher rates than anyone else. It's the, most, it's, it's, it's the most severe discrepancy I've seen in my medical career. And we are responsible to protect those disadvantaged members. We have a special duty to provide countermeasures. The amount of evidence to show that ivermectin is life-saving and protective is so immense and the drug is so safe. My colleagues have talked about it. It must be instituted and implemented. I'm asking the NIH to review our data and come up with recommendations for society. Thank
6: you. Okay, well, thank Dr. Corey. And I, will, I will make you this guarantee that uh, before the day is out, we'll have a letter. First of all, we'll enter all your data into our hearing record and then I'll have a letter to the NIH asking them to review it. Please, okay? and, and thank hopefully you. I'll have some Sanders join me in that. One of the questions that I'd like
1: Okay, so they're going to enter it into the hearing data. So, official data of the US government, but you can't watch it on YouTube. No, no. A lung specialist who treats a zillion uh, COVID patients can't testify in front of the Senate. Can't watch that. Even though it's free, you can go out to, to C SPAN and get it. And now you can't see this interaction between a US senator asking questions of this doctor
6: to ask, and I think this is the difficulty of proving the situation on either ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, is that because so many people get better, you know, the control group might be 99% of the people get better. Then you give hydroxychloroquine to this same group, and you might get 99.5%. It's it's going to be a difficult thing to actually prove in trials that you get a benefit. It sounds like in some of the sicker patients where you had a mortality, um, you know, where you had a 25% mortality down to 15%, that does sound significant. Now you're getting into the sicker patients. With the outpatient studies, One of the critiques is that so many people get better naturally, how are you proving that it's statistically significant? And what comes to my mind is sort of like when we wanted to prove that aspirin, taking an aspirin a day was good to prevent heart attacks, took like 10 years and 10,000 people in the study because it was was just hard to show the differences of whether an aspirin worked or not. Um, I think the same thing is true with either hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin in an outpatient uh, setting. Is that because so many people get better on their own? The converse is when you're really sick, because almost because it's hard to get to to treat people who are very sick. It's hard to prove that anything works when people are very sick. But uh, I guess what I'd like to do is open it for the panel one by one to explain how we answer the critique that most of these paper people, people are getting better anyway. So how are you proven that your treatment works in a group of people who didn't go to the hospital so that you're selecting out actually for the people who may well have been, you know, did you prevent them from getting seriously sick? Or have you selected out as your patient pool because they're outpatient, tending to be people who are getting to get better? Why don't we uh, we'll start with those who are here, we'll start with Dr. Oski and then we'll go to Dr. Corey.
5: Senator Paul, I, I appreciate your question and it's it's critical the, the
1: the
5: the content of your question, which is how can we tell when something
1: can't watch that. You, you are not supposed to watch that question from, from Senator Paul and the other questions he asks, and the other senators that ask and the answers from Dr. Corey, you can't watch that. Now, if you wanna go out and try and find December 8th on C-SPAN 2020, that, that hearing and go through it all, that you can do, but you can't watch it on YouTube. All right, we have gone over by a long way, didn't mean it for this to go this long, just wanted you to understand these videos now are down. Uh, YouTube is taking them down. Um, can't watch them. Uh, too much truth. Uh, it does go counter to the WHO, which Google says if you counter what they say, then then you can't speak. I I mean seriously, just look at it for a second. How does that sit with you? Yeah, Google is a, uh, is, a, is a private, I guess, a public company. It's not a government. And, and, but still, if they're going to be the caretakers of our communication, to have the standard be if you're going to differ with the WHO, you can't say that? Come on. Uh, the WHO, Dr. Corey, they took this video down in one of the FLCCC weekly updates on Wednesday night. Every Wednesday night, they have an update. He, he showed how the WHO is actually financed by Belen, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Huge amounts of money. Big organizations are giving money to the WHO and they want specific things done by the WHO. So the WHO isn't just like this general fund and they're just out, we're saving the world. No, not anymore. And so Dr. Corey showed that in one video that went up on YouTube, and they took that down last week, too. They're taking down. They're basically starting to pick off all the, w, uh, the FLCCC videos, the stuff that I helped executive produce. So if you want to watch them, you go out there now. We'll probably put a lot of these up on, on Vimeo, but you don't get the kind of uh, traffic on Vimeo. All right, that's it. Um, that's up to you to decide what you think about all that. Um, I'm not really sure what you do about it, but first is knowledge. And I think that's important. Um, I appreciate you listening to me being part of this uh, show. Uh, I'm always interested in your thoughts. Uh, if you're on the radio, uh, thank you for listening. Um, we're going to talk to you again next week. We got more. To co- well, yeah, next week we'll see. I'm, I'm, start, I'm trying to get more shows and uh, coming out to you. Um, and let's, things, uh, let's hope things open up. My high recommendation. Is get some ivermectin, put it in your medicine cabinet just so you have it. And we now know that this was lab made. I mean, that's now come out. This thing has has uh, has some properties that are gnarly. So I've seen young people get a little gnarly with it, and old. And come on, so it's cheap. It, it, you can find doctors. If you need help finding a doctor, there is a list that I can point you to, and they're just they're just real doctors here in the U.S. They just talk to you telemed, and and they'll prescribe you ivermectin. It's there's nothing illegal about it. It's totally okay. The National Institutes of Health actually says on their site, it's up to the doctor whether they want to prescribe it for something that's off label. It's 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 approved through the FDA for parasites, but it's off label for viruses. It's a hundred percent legal to do that. Okay. So uh, if you need help with that, let me know. Thank you for listening. Get some ivermectin, put it in your medicine cabinet.
3: We'll talk to you the next time. Bye-bye.